This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is the Fear Free Podcast Series. I'm your host, Steve Dale. Joining me today is Dr. Margaret Gruen, a veterinary behaviorist and assistant professor of behavioral medicine at North Carolina State University College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Gruen, at this point in the summer, what summer is left, we're talking minutes, maybe, but with all the fireworks and thunderstorms, veterinarians are certainly aware of noise aversion in dogs. As we move out of the season into what we hope are quieter times, does noise aversion improve for a lot of these dogs? It's true. The summer can be a difficult time for dogs with noise aversion. In our area, storms with sounds of thunder crop up most afternoons, and fireworks celebrations seem to go on for days. But the end of summer doesn't bring an end to many of the noises dogs react to. Thunder and fireworks will continue into the fall and winter, but while those are common triggers, many dogs with noise aversion react to lots of other noises throughout the year. So what are we talking about? What are some other common triggers for dogs with noise aversion? Many common everyday noises can be triggers for dogs with noise aversion. Gunshots, traffic noises, sirens, construction, vacuums, smoke alarms, and sounds of household appliances can all be triggers for dogs. Over half of dogs who show fear responses toward fireworks or thunder will also show fear responses to one or more of these other triggers. It's important for veterinarians to ask about all noise triggers and understand the dog's response to these triggers in order to diagnose noise aversion and to institute treatment and monitor progress. One of the best ways we can do this is to have owners complete a noise aversion checklist to fully identify triggers and rate the severity and frequency of the dog's response. That's brilliant. Uh, Why should dog owners complete this checklist? I really think All owners should be asked about noise aversion in their dogs, and the checklist is a great way to do this. Dogs' reactions to scary noises can run a wide spectrum from panting, pacing, vocalizing, and attempting to escape, to freezing, trembling, and hiding. While many dogs have fear reactions to noise that are more active and noticeable, dogs who freeze or hide may be less noticeable to owners at first. But these dogs are suffering as well and need to have their fears addressed just as much as the dogs with the more active responses. Screening checklists can help owners understand that spectrum of signs and know what to be looking for in their dogs. This can also help facilitate a conversation between an owner and the veterinarian about how noise aversion presents in dogs and whether their dog needs intervention. I think that's all true. So where can veterinarians find, or veterinary professionals, Find the noise aversion checklist. The noise aversion checklist can be found on the ciliodvmus.com website on the resources page. This can be printed out and handed to the owner to complete while in the waiting or exam room. There's also a quiz that pet owners can take online at whennoisehurts.com. They can either print out or email the results to their veterinarian. Now I'm going to stop you there. You said when noise hurts. That website name brings up an interesting point. Uh, The noises do seem to have effects on dogs beyond just being too loud. What are some of the emotional impacts of noise aversion? And also, I'm thinking that, okay, 
sense of hearing in dogs so much more than we can even comprehend. So does noise really hurt? Yes, Steve, that is a great question. Noise aversion definitely takes an emotional toll on both animals and their families. Activation of the fear response is normal and it can be appropriate, right? It's what makes us able to escape from danger. But when it's activated chronically and from triggers that can feel inescapable, that chronic stress can have negative effects on health and welfare for animals. While we would expect that dogs would get used to the noises they hear often, in dogs with noise aversion, we see the opposite. They can actually get worse over time or begin to generalize to other triggers that are associated with the noises that originally evoked fear. And some of the responses dogs can show can be very extreme. We've seen dogs who repeatedly tear up drywall or who've broken glass in their attempts to escape. Being that scared is awful, and to feel that scared on a daily or weekly basis has a cost for the dog's emotional and mental health. This is important to remember for the dogs who show less active signs. They are suffering the same chronic stress with the same consequences. And I imagine that's really stressful for uh, pet parents, for owners as well. Yes, it really is. A couple of recent studies have really highlighted this, and I think it's important for veterinarians and veterinary professionals to appreciate Some dogs with noise reactivity and noise aversion can cause severe damage and destruction in their attempts to escape. While this can be really frustrating for pet parents, especially if they have to repair an area a whole bunch of times, the emotion most owners and pet parents agree with feeling is sadness, along with guilt and stress. It's really hard for them to watch their dogs be so scared and feel like they can't help them. So support and compassion for pet parents of these dogs is important. We also want to make sure that our owners are prepared, that treatment and management is possible, but may take a few tries to find the right set of tools for their dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think all of what you say is true. Can dogs unlearn the fear of noises? Yes. Animals are able to learn a new, calmer response to noises that are scary, but it's almost impossible to learn when you are terrified. So we can only accomplish this when the dog is below their threshold for a fear response. We can do that through systematic desensitization and counter-conditioning. So using a recording of the sound played at a low volume, low enough that there's no signs of fear, and then distracting the dog with food, play, or training games. We then gradually increase the volume of the recording over a series of days or weeks watching the dog's response and turning the volume back down if we see any signs of fear until we're able to play the sound at a realistic volume with no fear response. The pairing of something pleasant with something scary to evoke a different emotional response is counter-conditioning. And there's some recent evidence that counter-conditioning using food, play, or training games can be helpful for dogs even when done ad hoc during a noise event without systematic desensitization. Hmm. How can veterinarians help uh, pet parents uh, and dog owners to do better? The best things that veterinarians and pet parents can do are to first recognize the problem in their dogs through behavioral history taking and screening. Then veterinarians can set up treatment plans to address the fear and anxiety that the dogs are showing. 
There are a couple of ways we typically do this. One is to condition a calm response by training dogs to relax in a particular spot, such as a special mat, during times when no scary noises are present. We can then use that spot and our conditioned calm response during those desensitization and counter-conditioning exercises. Another is to allow dogs to find a safe spot on their own and reinforce that spot by providing white noise or other buffers. Some recent survey evidence has shown that the relaxation techniques may be more effective than the safe spots, at least for fear of fireworks. Medication is also an important component of the treatment plan, again, with recent evidence showing that medication is effective to help manage noise aversion. Okay, so what type of medications might be used to treat noise aversion in dogs? Well, it depends some on the dog's severity of signs and on their frequency of exposure. For many dogs, we use an episodic medication, the one that's given at the time of or before a noise event. For dogs who are exposed daily or whose responses are really severe, we often use a daily medication in conjunction with an episodic. So drugs that are most commonly used as baselines include medications such as fluoxetine, sertraline, or clomipramine, and medications used as episodics include alprazolam, trazodone, or clonidine. In the United States, we actually have two medications that are FDA-approved for noise aversion, Cilio, or dexmedetomidine or mucosal gel, and Pexion, or Amepitoin. Both of these medications were shown to reduce signs of fear and anxiety in noise-reactive dogs during a noise event. Cilio is delivered into the buckle pouch in dogs and is absorbed through the oral mucosa, and it's generally given just prior to a noise event. Pexion is an oral tablet, and it started two days before an expected noise event, though not currently available in the United States. So are there any ways, and this is a question that I get all the time, are there any ways that, okay, from a pet parent's perspective, to help dogs understand that noises are not going to hurt them? Yeah, that's a great question. If dogs are able to experience a noise while remaining calm, this can help them learn to tolerate the noise. This can be accomplished through that desensitization and counter-conditioning, as we discussed, but can also be facilitated through the use of an anxiolytic that allows the dog to remain aware and responsive, but also calm. Anecdotal reports have suggested that consistent anxiolytic treatment can reduce the fear response over time and reduce the need for treatment. We recently completed a study to evaluate the use of cilio for just this purpose. We had 22 dogs with noise aversion enrolled in the study, These dogs were reactive to a number of triggers, including gunshots, thunder, and everyday noises like those from household appliances. While we often use anxiolytics well in advance of a noise event, in this study we asked owners to treat their dog once they started showing signs of fear or anxiety when a noise trigger occurred. Over a series of 10 events, we asked owners to record the noise event, rate their dog's signs of fear, and whether their dog was treated with cilio. And if they were treated, we asked them to rate their dog's signs of fear again after 60 minutes and to rate their responsiveness and ability to walk. Hmm. What did you find? The results were really promising. We found that when dogs were treated with cilio, there was a significant improvement in their anxiety after 60 minutes. This was great, but was what we expected to see. More interestingly, we found that dogs in the study were treated from 6 to 10 noise events each for triggers that 
generally always evoked a fear response. So over time, there was a significantly decreased probability of needing treatment over subsequent events. This suggests that when dogs are treated consistently and can remain calm during a noise event, they may learn that new response and require less frequent treatment over time. This is further supported by our finding that the vast majority of the dogs did remain responsive 60 minutes after treatment, suggesting that the decrease in anxiety was not a result of sedation. So what do we know about the safety profile of cilio? Well, because Cilio is a formulation of dexmedetomidine, you would not use it in similar situations that you'd avoid in dexmedetomidine, such as dogs with severe cardiovascular, respiratory, liver, or kidney disease, or who are otherwise compromised. Cilio should be given to dogs 16 weeks of age or older, but not to dogs who are breeding, lactating, or nursing. Dog parents should make sure that they secure the locking ring on the tube before administering. The most common side effect is a transient paling of the gums at the application site. Although for most cases, cilio calms without sedating, a few dogs may show some degree of sedation or drowsiness. For additional safety information, you can go to ciliodvmus.com. And you you mentioned Pexion. What about the safety profile of that drug? Well, Pexion is a partial agonist of the benzodiazepine site on the GABA-A receptor, so it may have some similar concerns regarding disinhibition of fear-based behaviors and could result in an increase or decrease in aggression levels. Pexion should be given to dogs weighing over 2 kilograms and has not been evaluated in dogs with renal, liver, or cardiac disease. The most common side effects are transient ataxia, increased appetite, and lethargy. It sounds like more information is becoming available about noise reactivity uh, in dogs and how to treat this condition. Do you have any final thoughts about this? I mean, I think this is all uh, really important because it's real life every day, sometimes every day, for so many people. Yes, and thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Steve, and for the opportunity to talk about noise aversion in dogs. It's a really important condition that affects a great number of dogs and impacts the human-animal bond. I think we all tend to breathe a sigh of relief as we exit the worst of the storm and fireworks season, but it's important for us to remember how many dogs react to everyday noises that have no season and to be asking about and managing noise aversion at any time of the year. Well, uh, you're right, and hopefully we're still vacuuming. I mean, otherwise, it's a mess. Dr. Gruen, thank you so much for your time and to Zoetis for sponsoring this podcast. This information will be of great value to veterinarians, veterinary professionals of all kinds, their patients, and their clients. If you're already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings Access the new toolbox items and find all the additional courses at fearfreepets.com. And of course, if you're not registered, find everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you're a member interested in pursuing practice certification, get more details on the same site under the Veterinary About section. And if you're a pet owner who just stumbled upon this podcast, Learn more about the resources we have for you at fearfreehappyhomes.com.